Hello and welcome to the Sporting Biggin Podcast. Today, I'm going to be going over some NFL news and some NBA news and kind of just jumping around. So, first up is there have been two trades since I last talked to you in the NFL. Uh, and the first one is AJ Bouye was traded from the Jaguars to the Broncos for a fourth round pick. That's quite a deal for the Broncos to be able to pull off if they're going to go for any type of playoff contention next year because it's going to be very hard to throw on Bouye and Chris Harris Jr. And they got some good safeties out there. So I think it's to, I think that their their goal is to build up their defense like they did in Peyton Manning's last year when they won the Super Bowl. But their offense is going to be weaker than it was back then. But <clears throat> I honestly think that they could make the playoffs next year. Because, uh, in my opinion, I've always thought that the AFC has been significantly weaker than the NFC, and I think it'll be more of the same next year, considering the Patriots are most likely going to lose Brady, and I think that their defense is going to go downhill, and whatever quarterback, I don't think he can replace Brady, and Belichick will have to get to know him, so I'm not sure. I don't. I don't have the Patriots making it next year to where I have the Bills and winning the AFC East if everything keeps going according to plan. And maybe the Broncos sneak in that last playoff spot. Who knows? If their defense becomes dominant enough and it looks like they're trying to do that, then who knows? And then also the Panthers and the Chargers traded. The Chargers gave uh, left tackle Russell Okung, and the Panthers uh, traded – right guard slash left guard slash he basically plays the entire line except center Trey Turner uh Turner was all pro in 2015 I want to say so he he's obviously gone downhill a little bit but I think in the right situation he could get back in shape with how Carolina's you know kind of gone downhill recently and I think it's a good change of scenery for both because both teams had pretty down years and I think they're gonna both try to shoot back up next, so I definitely do think that it could be a good move and it could be a bad move, but I think they're both on one-year contracts, so I don't really think it would affect either team enough to where it really, like, tanked their player chances or, like, insanely helped it, so I'm going to move to the NBA, where, let's check last Now moving on to some basketball, I'm going to talk about uh, NBA primarily, and I might get into a little bit of college ball. But other than the Bucks getting completely manhandled by the Heat the other night, uh, it was Monday night. I think that like they they are so dominant compared to the rest of the league, because like I think it's them and the Lakers, and then everybody else is just a tier below. Because it's to the extent where Milwaukee, I, they don't have the most talent in the league. I, I, I am 100% on that. But the way their team completely functions and works like a well-oiled machine around Giannis Antetokounmpo, I, I think it's nearly unstoppable. Because you've got two 3-and-D guys that are very good at what they do in Wesley Matthews and Chris Middleton. You got a pass first point guard in Bledsoe, and then you've got a guy that can somehow shoot in Brooke Lopez. They can also post helping Giannis. I mean, it it 
it fits them perfectly. And then they have a couple guys off their bench like Ursan Ilyasova and Pat Connaughton and some other guys that can contribute. And then in the East, there doesn't deserve to be a 7th and 8th seed. There, there just doesn't because Kyrie's out for the year. So Brooklyn is about to get slaughtered by whoever they run into, whether it's Milwaukee or Toronto. Or I guess Boston or Miami might be able to jump Toronto for that too. But, uh, yeah, whoever makes the 7th and 8th seed, good to you, but you'd have a better chance just going to the lottery because that, oh, there does not deserve to be another playoff team. Because the 8th seed right now is the, the magic, and they're seven games under 500. And they're 25 games back from first. And, like, it's so, so ugly how, like, the East is so top-heavy. Because you've got Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami, Indiana, and Philadelphia, who are, like, the top tier. Then you've got Brooklyn and maybe Orlando. I'll put them in that tier. And then everybody else is just god-awful. Like, my Knicks, like, we are not even last. And... We're horrible. Like, we can't even keep Spike Lee in the arena. That's just how bad we are. And, like, it's it's horrible. Like, we are bleeding money, and we're, like, everywhere. It just makes me want to cringe. It's it's rough. And then Detroit, they traded Drummond. They're obviously going for a rebuilding approach. I don't really blame them because that core was not bringing them anywhere. But I, they got to get Blake Griffin out of there. They got to move Derrick Rose. They got to – They've got to move that core out to where the only guy that can really, I think, stay on the roster and still contribute is Dumbia and maybe Kennard. I don't know. But the East, it's just like the top six teams are infinitely better than the rest of the conference. And then in the West, the West is very good this year. The records might not show it, but those middle teams – if the Lakers and the Clippers and the Nuggets and the Rockets and the Jazz and the Thunder and the Mavericks didn't exist, they'd be ten times better because those seven teams have been dominating the league. Like, if you're the seven seed and you've got a 600 win percentage, you're doing great, and that's what Dallas has done. And OKC, just nobody saw them coming, but guess what? They, they're 27 and 24. And then everybody kind of saw that the Lakers and Clippers, but 47 and 13 and 42 and 19, I'm not sure anybody saw that coming. And then Denver, uh, they had a bad night the other night, but I think that they can still have a shot at the chip maybe. And I don't know how Portland is in the playoffs and they're letting Memphis, Memphis's two man, 21 year old duo and John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. beat them out. But I think that they'll probably emerge when Dame gets back. And then Sacramento, I, I like De'Aaron Fox, but I, they need to build a better core around him. I don't know why they would ever pay Harrison Barnes $30 million. And then San Antonio, Tim Duncan got his first one as a head coach last night against the Hornets. Uh, good for him. But the, the, the Spurs need to rebuild. And it's... It's very it's sad to see the way that it's happened, but they've just gotten so, I guess, stagnated with their current roster. 
because they have no chance to beat out if they like assume they make the playoffs and they get the eighth seed because I don't see them getting above Dallas or OKC. They are going to get completely slaughtered by LeBron and AD and their supporting cast of gaggling buffoons that are all semi-washed up, except for Kuzma, apparently, who's got the goofiest hair I've ever seen. But off that, there's like so many teams competing for that eight spot that I think it's going to be very interesting to watch if some people drop out of the race to try to tank a little bit. or And then the Warriors, man. Curry returns tomorrow night, and I'm probably going to watch that game because I hate the Warriors, but the way Curry plays is just so entertaining that you've got to tune in. And then Minnesota, Cats out for the year. They're probably going to sit D-low as much as they possibly can. I don't really want to invest any of my time until both of them are playing together and watching them. Uh, But my thoughts are just that the West is going to dominate, and the playoffs in the West are going to be very, very interesting, except the 1-8, which it's going to be a complete slaughter. But the 2-7, the 3-6, and the 4-5, those are going to be very interesting series to watch, and then same with the 3-6 and the 4-5 in the East, because the league is very top-heavy for once. I've always thought that, like, the NBA has been pretty good about being, like, pretty well-balanced, like, and I've always thought that the NFL has kind of been, well, you got, like, anybody can win on any given Sunday. I understand that, and that's something I've always believed in, something my dad always told me, but in, in the NBA... It's more, there's 82 games instead of 16. And in the MLB, there's 162 instead of 82. And I don't watch hockey, so I'm not going to worry about that. But uh, in baseball, it always seems like since there's only 10 teams that make the playoffs, that if you're not competing, you're tanking. In, in baseball, like, you can't automatically get called up. That never happens where there's a guy just straight day one, you're playing, you're on the varsity team, I guess, to put it in high school terms. Like, you're, you're playing for the majors. You're in the majors day one. That never happens. And, like, everywhere else, like, you're the number one pick. You're expected to contribute. Like, uh, Kyler Murray, one rookie of the year. Uh, and got some MVP, like, he didn't get MVP, but he was, like, ninth. Like, that just shows how quick you're supposed to develop. And in the NBA, Zion and Jar are trying to make a playoff berth their first year, leading their team. So, it's obviously ten times more important in the NBA to, I guess, tanking is ten times better in the NBA than the MLB, but... In the MLB, it's more like if you tank for long enough and hard enough, your team is going to be amazing. If as, if you develop them right and you draft right, your team is going to be amazing. That's how the Astros were as, quote-unquote, good as they were. I mean, they probably would have still been great, but Lord, banging on trash cans. It is. Uh, beyond that, I think the NBA will have very interesting end to the season, and let's focus on the NCAA real quick before March Madness starts. Uh, my Clemson Tigers, we had a shot at going to the tourney after beating Duke, Louisville, and Florida State, but we just decided to lose to Virginia Tech by 12 and Georgia Tech by 10. 
So I guess we don't want it. Uh, in terms of what I think is, this has been a weird year in college basketball. This has been a weird year because there's no team that I can say I favor heavily because last year in the tournament, I favored Duke very heavily. They lost to Michigan State, but I favored them very heavily. Year before, I favored Virginia right before they lost to UMBC. So every single one of my brackets was busted day one. And this year, I don't have that team. Like, I love Obi Toppin, but I don't think Dayton gets past the Sweet 16, to be honest with you. Uh, Baylor is way too inconsistent for me. Gonzaga, I don't think they've ever really had enough. I think they've just kind of had it semi-easily. Because, I mean, they play in the West Coast Conference. Sure, they dominate, but that's not like playing Duke, Florida State, and Duke, Florida State, UNC usually, Louisville, Virginia, VT, Clemson if they're good, GT if they're good, Boston College if they're good. They don't play the schedule that I think you need to sharpen a team before you get to the tournament. Kansas, too inconsistent, and their players are such hotheads that I think that like, I mean, Azabuki picked up a chair and about slammed somebody with it. So that just shows I don't think they're really disciplined enough. San Diego State, same thing as Gonzaga, but to a lesser extent. Uh, Kentucky, uh, I always think that they're never going to make make it far in the tournament. Something about Calipari, he just, he just doesn't translate to the tournament for some reason. Because... In my lifetime, I haven't seen them win a national championship. Uh, Florida State might be one of my favorites because I think that they're really good. I think that they just might struggle going on the road far away if they don't get favorable location. Seton Hall is a, is a team that I definitely think could make some noise in, along with Maryland because I think that they both have – the consistent scoring needed to go on a run. And other than that, some wild cards, uh, Michigan state. I definitely think, uh, ever since like they went on that really bad three game losing streak to Penn state, Michigan and Ohio state. I think, I think they've really recovered from that very well. And I think that they're going to, I think they might make a run. I think that that's the same thing with Iowa and Auburn. Cause I mean, Auburn's only lost five games all year and they're the 17. So I, I don't really know why that is. I guess they just think that SEC teams are way lesser in basketball than every other big conference, but y- you never know. And other than that, I got I, I think LSU might be able to make a run. Uh, my cousins who love ETSU, I think that they, they have a decent shot if they get through the Southern Conference all right. Uh Other than that, I really don't have anybody that I really see as a wild card that could really make a run at it. Uh, Yeah, I don't really see anybody that could make a real shot at it from where I stand looking at it, where I don't really see how teams can overcome the odds. I mean, 
like if you look at it like statistically seven eights and nines have the best possible route because once they beat their competition they play the big fish and then everybody else from there is a four and then chances that the one gets upset if the two gets upset becomes way higher and then it just it it just basically becomes a domino effect statistically it works i can't really explain it because i'm not smart enough to explain it but i think that the seven eights and nines that can do it i don't really think they exist this year when syracuse went on that run a few years ago i didn't foresee it but like if you've got a team coached by an experienced coach that is in that position, I think that there's always a shot because I think that, like, that's the same position uh, Virginia's in this year. I think that they've got a decent shot at going somewhere if they drop a little bit because I think if they're the seven, their their chances improve greatly because they won't run into Gonzaga, Baylor, Kansas, or Dayton. I guess that's the one line right now. I say – Whoever loses the Big 12 championship game, they're getting kicked off the line, and uh, San Diego State's getting moved up as long as everybody else takes care of their business. But other than that, uh, I don't really know. The NCAA tournament's going to be interesting this year because I don't really see any clear favorites. But I don't really know, man. So that's been this podcast. I'll shout back at you on Friday. It's been the Sporting Biggin. Uh, See you on Friday.